and welcome to Threadbare, the Fountaining Podcast. I'm G.K. Rao, and in this edition, we'll be looking at a 72,000 crore project to build a container port on Great Nicobar Island in the Andaman and Nicobar Island chain. If someone told you they were going to Andaman and Nicobar, what would you think? Lucky sorts, able to afford such a holiday. They can swim or snorkel, go coral gazing or watch whales, and have the kind of fun that isn't possible anywhere else. What about work then? You must be joking. Well, actually that's not what a government thinks. Because it has a plan to turn our most easterly landmass into a place where work is the thing and leisure just an incidental add-on. It's a massive multi-purpose project on the island of Great Nicobar that will transform the region's economy. So what kind of treasure are these islands hiding? The answer in one word is location. Where precisely are these islands? In the Bay of Bengal, where they form two distinct archipelagos of about 800 islands, separated by the 10 degree channel. For most Indians, these islands are remote outposts in terms of distance as well as importance. Actually, they are closer to Indonesia and Myanmar than the subcontinent. For instance, Andaman is about 1450 kilometers east of Chennai. Myanmar is just 650 kilometers away. Indonesia is even closer. The city of Banda Aceh on Sumatra Island is just 215 kilometers from Indira Point on Great Nicobar Island. So you might wonder why it's a part of India. But that has less to do with geography than history, especially colonial history. Before the British Raj, it was so remote from the mainland and its concerns that there are few references in literature or history. Many of us still know these islands as Kalapani, a 19th century penal colony on Andaman Island for rebels against the Raj. It was the place of no escape. Pali Buddhist chronicles of the 3rd 4th century say the children of the followers of Vijaya, legendary founder of the Sri Lankan kingdom, landed on Nagadipa or Naked Island, modern Nicobar. The Cholas knew it as Nakkavaram, open or naked man's land or naked land. But we are not sure when the first explorers sighted it or landed on it. Ancient mariners sailing from India and parts west would have seen them if they were bound for the Malacca Strait, gateway to Southeast Asia and China. A Chinese chronicle refers to Andaman, Yantoman in modern Chinese. The islands probably served as rest and refitment stations for fresh water and food. The Chola ruler Rajendra II used them as a naval base for his expeditions against the Sri Vijaya Empire based on Sumatra. So even then, they were recognized as key to control traffic from the South China Sea to the Bay of Bengal and thence to the Indian Ocean. But as Chola naval power waned, no one else laid claim to or occupied them 
until the European race of colonization began in the 18th and 19th centuries. The British eventually became the masters and after they left, these islands became part of independent India. So what does the government see that we don't? Well, Indira Point on Great Nicobar is the northern limit of the Grand or Six Degree Channel of 163 kilometer wide sea lane. The southern limit is Rondo Island of Sumatra. Every vessel bound for the Malacca Strait passes through this channel. The strait is a gateway to Southeast Asia and China. On any given day, about 200 ships pass through the Malacca Strait, entering or exiting the bay through the Grand Channel. That's over 70,000 vessels a year to and from China, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, and now Vietnam, major and emerging industrial economies. There's lots of money in servicing these vessels, and traffic is expected to rise. And so we are back to location. The point of the project is to persuade some of this traffic to use a brand new port to be built on Great Nicobar. The new port or International Container Transshipment Terminal will be the largest in India, nearly twice the size of Mumbai port. Then there's an international airport to handle over 5,000 passengers per hour and a township with residential, industrial and commercial zones. The fourth element is a power plant. The project area is 166 square kilometers, 20% of the island's area. There's also a tourism-related project planned for Little Andaman, about 100 kilometers north. Once the rupees 72,000 crore project is complete, Great Nicobar will have 3.5 lakh residents, up from the present 8,500. The scale of these projects takes the island from subsistence to opulence in one long breath. But there are serious questions as well. A mega development like this creates major pollution problems. For instance, it will displace thousands of cubic meters of soil. Where will it all go? How much will end up in the sea? What, it will, what will it do to water quality and marine life? Will a tourist really be able to swim in crystal clear waters after this? The deep water facility has to be built from scratch for vessels with a minimum draft of 15 meters. Super tankers require greater water depth. What might result from the noise of all this traffic and thousands of people on the island? How will locals be affected? What will the project do for them or to them? especially the vulnerable Shompen and Jarawa tribal groups. Will it even work, given that there are three other major ICTTs in the region? There is also the danger of building in a region prone to natural disasters such as earthquakes because of its geological location. The last 10 years have seen 444 earthquakes. That is about one quake a week. In July last year, a single day saw 24 minor quakes. 
the boxing day tsunami of 2004 also originated near here tens of thousands were killed in india sri lanka and even along the eastern coastline of africa how do you guard against something like that finally there is the question of ecological impact great nicobar is a biodiversity hotspot declared a biosphere reserve in 1989 the project will fell more than 8.5 lakh trees no one is clear what such a vast disturbance of the environment will do but they fear the worst at the very least it will destroy the nesting places of the leatherback turtle a critically endangered species ecologists naturalists and conservationists feel they could be looking at an ecological hiroshima that might even spell the end of the jarawa and shompen who have survived so long it's the first time that anything on this scale is being planned for the islands and there are questions about the risks of such a large investment fountain inc in a two part podcast will be looking at the project in terms of its potential to transform the economy as well as the environmental cost that it might levy in the first part on environment we talked to dr pankaj shekh sarya associate professor at the center for technology alternatives to rural areas at iit bombay he has been researching the andaman and nicobar islands for about two decades his research interests lie at the intersection of technology society environment and development the second part will look at the commercial viability of the project and how it plans to deal with its competitors